0: Welcome to the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ podcast. Please enjoy the following study. Good morning. I am very happy to be here with you today. I appreciate you coming out. I'm glad to be here in Norman, Oklahoma. I'm glad to have my family with me and my spiritual family. It's a great blessing to be with you today. Have you ever been camping? (laughs) He said no. Most of us have had the experience of going camping or going out to the lake at night or just somewhere out on a mountain somewhere. Maybe you like to go hiking. Have you ever just sat out in the dark and looked up at the stars? Isn't that cool? I mean, isn't that neat? Isn't that amazing to see that? Can you imagine what it was like for those shepherds who were out there in the dark and all of a sudden instead of just stars there were angels singing and glorifying God and praising God wouldn't that be that'd be cooler than seeing the stars right i mean that would just be an amazing thing I appreciate the songs today have been beautiful. The message at the table, Jacob reading the story of the birth of Jesus for us. This is Christmas Day. Now, I know there's a lot of churches aren't cel- aren't worshiping today. They're saying, stay home and celebrate with your family. But you're here today, and I appreciate that. And what we're going to talk about today is some lessons that you and I can get from Christmas. And it may not be what you think, we're going to talk about because we read about the birth of Jesus and that was a a fundamentally important thing. I mean, without that, none of us would be saved. Jesus came to this earth to be a man and to live and suffer, as Jordan explained to us, and to be humiliated for our salvation. But you know, some things that we can know about in the Bible, some facts about the birth of Jesus. Number one, nobody knows when it was. We always do it December 25th, but the truth is no one has any idea really. I mean, people can guess, but it's just that. It's just a guess. Nobody knows when Jesus was born because the Bible doesn't tell us that. Did you know when you read in the New Testament about every church in the New Testament, you can't read of one church that celebrated Christmas? Never. Never. Do we read about a church celebrating Christmas in the Bible? Did you know that not one time is it ever recorded that any apostle celebrated Christmas? Really? Well, that's bizarre, isn't it? In fact, we're told the story of the birth of Jesus, but that's not even in all the Gospels. And there's no mention anywhere in the Bible of a Christmas celebration. Of a birthday party for Jesus. It's just not in the Bible anywhere. You I say, well that's odd because every church does Christmas, right? I mean everyone does Christmas... The celebrations have become unbelievable in some places. There's a big church there in Dallas that has little drummer boys that fly on ropes over the audience as they're drumming and has a Santa Claus in a sleigh that flies around the audience and they get big camels up on the stage. I mean, it has become a huge ordeal in churches and how would that be if it's never mentioned in the Bible? You know when the very first Christmas celebration was? Like we have, it was started by a guy named Pope Julius I in the 5th century. say, really? That's odd. In fact, the word Christmas is Christ-Mass. That's where we get the word Christmas from. You might go, why are you telling us all that? Are you trying to ruin Christmas? (laughs) No, that's not my point, but... The truth stands. We're not Catholic here, are we? So what is it about Christmas for you and I? Well, I want to introduce to you today, probably not an introduction, but talk to you a little bit about a principle. You know what a principle is, right? A principle is not just a command, but a principle is something like in Romans 14 where he says, if you believe something's wrong, then it's wrong for you to do it, so don't do it. That's a principle, and that applies to lots of things. And there's a fundamental principle in the Bible, and that principle is that you can use worldly things for spiritual motivation. Did you know that? The things that you live and walk and be around, and the people you're around, and the celebrations that happen, you can use for spiritual motivation. There's a story in the Old Testament about Israel and when they were going into the promised land and the waters had parted in the Jordan River. And as they walked through, they had one man from each tribe get a stone out of the middle of the river and put it up on his shoulder and carry it. When they got to the other side, they piled all these stones up into an altar. And God said to them this, These stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Now the purpose of those stones, he said, Your kids will see these stones piled up and they'll go, What's that about? And then you'll tell them about how God delivered you and brought you into this promised land. A physical pile of stones was used for a spiritual purpose. We have things like that in our lives today. My wedding ring. It's on my finger here, but that's a picture of it. It reminds me of my marriage covenant. Now, it's just a piece of jewelry. It's all it is. But there's a value to that. It reminds me of the marriage covenant that I have with my wife. You know, we find this all throughout Scripture. We just participated in something that was physical, right? Did you take the bread? Did you take the fruit of the vine, the juice and the cup? Well, that's just bread and juice. Just physical, right? But what is the point? We do it in remembrance of Jesus. There's a spiritual strength that comes from a physical thing that we do, right? The Apostle Paul said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. He had been beaten. Do you think Paul was scarred up? you think he had scars? Yeah. He sure did. And you know what they were to him? They were the marks of the Lord Jesus in him. He was scarred with the marks. They reminded him of Jesus and the fact that he belonged to God. There's spiritual benefit. Do you understand the principle now? You've seen that in Scripture. I want to apply that principle just a little bit to spiritual things that we can learn at this time of year because anything can motivate a Christian to greater spiritual holiness. So let's look at some lessons from Christmas. Number one, the importance of your family. That's a spiritual truth. Okay, This is a picture of all of my family this summer when uh, the kids got us together for a big family photo. And that's that's valuable to us. I love it. I love much more than that picture, though, actually being together with all of them. Do you enjoy getting together with your family at the holidays? You know, I heard some statistics a while back, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was crazy. It was like... of all family gatherings at Christmas and Thanksgiving end up in a fight. (laughs) Some of you can believe that, right? (laughs) Some of you have seen a little of that, right? Really? Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. Honor your father and mother. You know, there's a lot in Scripture about the value of a family. And at this time of year, you should be reminded of the value of your family. But you shouldn't just be nice to your wife or your kids on Christmas. You shouldn't just call mom and dad because it's Christmas. God teaches us to honor and love one another all year long. And you know, a time like this can be a time of great motivation to maybe renew a relationship that you have with a relative that has kind of been broken through the years. You know, that happens. I don't know. Do they still have talk shows like Dr. Phil and stuff like that on TV? Yeah. And I can remember years ago as a kid seeing some of those and they'd have parent and child that hadn't spoken for 30 years on. Can you believe that stuff happens? It does. Maybe it's happened in your life. Do you have family members that you haven't spoken to? You haven't respected? and You say, yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. No, maybe I don't. But I do know that God wants parents to love the kids. And God wants children to honor their parents. And God wants husbands and wives to love each other. And God wants siblings to get along. This should remind you that no matter what mistakes or failures other people in your family have had, we still love them. And we still express that love in very tangible ways when we're around those at this time of year. Another thing, and we're going to move through these fairly quickly, Another thing that's important to learn this time of year is the worth of gratefulness. When I was a kid, there is nothing I hated worse at Christmas than to get jeans. (laughs) I hated getting a box of jeans and clothes. My grandparents somehow knew that I needed clothes. I wanted the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip. But instead, I got jeans. And you know, it's hard to be grateful for a pair of jeans when you're seven years old. It's just hard to do that. But you know what my mom and dad made me do every single time? Go hug your grandmother and tell her thank you. But I wasn't thankful. (laughs) But they were teaching me to express gratefulness. Okay? Be sure to fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things He has done for you. You were able to get out of bed today, weren't you? Praise God. Isn't that a blessing? I mean, that's a good thing. To be able to get out of bed. To have the help to come and be around brothers and sisters. Do you remember a couple of years ago when they were trying to shut down all the churches for COVID? We can come gather here and worship today. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that good? I mean, God has filled our lives with so many. I know, I know we can gripe and complain and bellyache about the direction of our nation and the politics and the morals. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. We've got freedoms and blessings here that are unimaginable in much of the world. Be grateful to God. For the life that He's given you, for the people. I know you may not like your job. It may not be the best job in the world. It may be a nuisance and a hassle and you have to do stuff you don't like. But you got a job. You got money. You got the ability to put food in your bed. Did you know there are people who will starve to death today? Today, there are people who will die of starvation, not you. In fact, your problem's probably the opposite today, right? You're going to have more food than you need and can eat. Just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. We should abound in thanksgiving. Do you do that at this time of year? Are you grateful or are you entitled? Are you grateful or are you, well, I can't believe I didn't get that. You know what's fixing to happen are all the ads, everything you wanted for Christmas but didn't get sale, right? You've seen those, right? Because we're not grateful. We're not appreciative. I can remember as a kid watching The Waltons. Do any of y'all remember The Waltons? Older people will remember that. The Waltons. And John Boy got a pad of paper and a pencil so he could write at Christmas. And he was so grateful for paper and a pencil. And we get upset because it's the iPhone 12 instead of the iPhone 13 we got, right? Gratefulness is so important in life. The Scriptures are full of teaching about gratefulness. Another thing is patience. This time of year, being patient. You've been in that store? (laughs) You've been in those lines? The Bible says, "Whoever is patient has great understanding." And you know what I see at this time of year is we have so much going on, and I've got to get everything cooked, and everything packed, and everything ready, and I, I can't—I don't have time to be nice to you because I've got all this pressing on me, and I got so much to do. You ever feel that way at Christmas? You're driving, and you got to get somewhere, and that idiot is driving 45 on the highway and we're just in such a rush. It's, a, And we're not patient with one another. We're not kind with each other. You know, you, this time of year should remind you of the value of patience. Now, I've talked about this the way you are sometimes. Do you... Ever have people get impatient with you during this time of year? Yeah? Do you like that? Do you enjoy that? you appreciate that? Neither do they. <laughs> they don't appreciate it. They don't enjoy it. They don't like it when you're impatient and irritable with them. You know, this is a time when everyone's supposed to be remembering all the humiliation that Jordan told us Jesus went through. And I get impatient because there's somebody in the line in front of me trying to pay with a gift card and it's not working. This should remind us to put some things in perspective about patience. Look at this. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Put up with each other. Bear with each other. Because of our love for one another, the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious about many things. You know what was going on here is she was hosting and Jesus. Are you going to have a Christmas get together today? Probably most of you. OK, or if you haven't yet, you're going to or maybe you've already done it. But anyway, there's going to be. a Can you imagine how stressed out everybody would be if Jesus was going to be there? Man, we can't, we can't serve this. It's Jesus. And she's all stressed out doing all the stuff. And her sister's sitting in there talking to Jesus and not helping. All right, that's the way it always is. I do all the work and they just sit around. I'm the only one in the kitchen doing the work. And she finally gets so much of it. She says, Lord, you're just going to let her sit there and let me do all the work? And Jesus says, Martha, you're anxious about so many. you got so much stress on you, lady. Mary, she's chosen the greater thing than the stress. You think Jesus really cared about how well done the food was, plated? No. He cared about somebody caring about what he had to say. Okay? Think about that this holiday. Think about expressing your patience and your tolerance and your love for the people around you. The spirit of generosity is another thing. Do you know people who are very giving? Are you very giving? Remember the words of the Lord Jesus Himself where He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's really, really hard. For Oliver to understand. Because at that age, it's about getting anything I can get, right? It's natural selfishness in human beings, okay? The spirit of generosity. When you look around at Christmas, is your main concern what you're going to give to someone else or is your main concern what you're going to get for you? What's your main concern? What motivates you the greatest? Now, you know, uh, we have family that helps us with this process, right? Jesse and Dustin are teaching Oliver. No, we give. We don't just take, we give, and they work on teaching them. That never ends. Yesterday, we got together with my family, my mom and dad, and exchanged gifts with them, and they passed out all the gifts, and I'm sitting there with nothing. And I'm looking around and my mom says, well, I ordered yours, but it didn't come in, so sorry. (laughs) I said, oh, okay, (laughs) always helping with that spirit of generosity. You know why? Because your whole life, you're going to need help with that. Your whole life, there's going to be that selfishness that tries to creep back in. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? You all see this picture? That's a picture I took this earlier this year in Nigeria. Those kids are all orphans. they got no family. They live in an orphanage in a jungle in Nigeria. I want to tell you, you talk about scraping by, these kids scrape by. When you look at that picture, do you have any pity in your heart for those kids? Does that touch you at all? Do you have this world's goods? Do you know someone in need? When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that you may be so that your giving may be in secret. I want to challenge you right now i want to challenge you that over this next week you find someone who has a need and you give anonymously where no one knows it was you you figure out a way to give in secret so that no one knows it was you only you and god will know it was you will you do that will you find someone this this week and help them in secret You know, when you do it in secret, the benefit of that is you don't get any praise. (laughs) You don't get any glory for that. And you go, well, I kind of like people to know us. Right. We all would. That's the point of Jesus here. He says if you give in secret, the Lord who sees you give in secret, because you can't surprise Him, He knows. When you do this, He's going to know you did it. And instead of you getting praise from the people you helped, you'll get praise from God. Wouldn't you rather have that? Let's build the spirit of generosity. Another thing this time of year really provokes in me is a remembrance of the value of your soul. Your soul is valuable. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting eternal life. You know, we talk, we just celebrated the death of Jesus Christ. And that is a pivotal piece of it. The birth of Jesus Christ is a pivotal piece of that. The truth is, God loves you so much that He gave His Son to die for you. Wow! Wow, do you ever think about that? Do you believe that? You believe that? As Bruce says, Amen? I believe that. What what an incredible thing. Why would God do that? Are you that important? You know why God did that? It's just because He loves you. That's why He did that. He loves you so much. Though He was in the form of God, He did not count equality with God to be a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Christmas is really not about little drummer boys and Santa Claus. The real celebration, the real joy, and it's something that shouldn't happen just on the 25th of December, is that Jesus was equal with God, and He gave that up to come down here and be like us, and to save us. And that's the value of a soul. You might go, yeah, I know that. That's why I go to church. You know what? It's not just your soul that's valuable. It's everyone's soul. You know people that are messing up? That are throwing their lives away? Do you know people like that? God loves them. He loves their soul. And you may get a belly full of it. You may get sick of them, But God loves those people. And we need to love them too. We need to care about their soul too. We need to be willing to bury the hatchet, so to speak, of wrongs in the past and just love people and try to bring them so they're right with God so that sacrifice that Jesus made for them will be of great value. Whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save a soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Hallelujah. Wouldn't that be glorious? I want to challenge you. This year, this coming year, by the time the year ends, make that you. By the time the year ends, and I'm not talking about being baptized, although if you haven't been baptized, you ought to do that today. But make that you. Bring a soul back from death. Talk to one of your friends. Somebody that's not serving God. And bring them to serve God then you will have earned in that next year more than Elon Musk could ever dream of earning. Because you'll save a soul from death. What a glorious thing. The final thing I want to mention that we can learn from Christmas and from all the celebrations is the value and significance of Jesus Christ. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. I showed you those orphans a few minutes ago. You know what? They would love to be adopted. Those orphans would love to have a home, to have a family like they don't have right now. You know, this verse says, That God sent his son born under a woman, so that you born of a woman, born under the law, so that you and I could be adopted into the family of God. What a blessing that we can be a part of the family of God. And that comes only by Jesus Christ. Now let me ask you a question: Do you ever think about Jesus? Well, I pray every day. Now I'm talking about: do you think about Jesus? I mean when you get up in the morning or when you're going to do you ever does he ever cross your mind? If you never think about Jesus, are you really a Christian? He's the central part of our existence. He's the salvation that we have. How can we never think about him? I mean really think about Jesus. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given by which men must be saved. No other name. I am doing a Bible study right now with a Muslim family. Okay, They're Islamic. And I taught this family the other day the story of the birth of Jesus. They've never heard it. Can you imagine? They live in North Texas. In fact, the the daughter who is 16 years old was born in North Texas. His family came from Afghanistan. They don't know. You know what I believe? I believe there's a bunch of people out there that don't know. They see Santa Claus and Christmas trees and they don't know about Jesus. They don't know the message that God really, really loves them so much that He gave His Son. And that the only way to be saved is not choose your own religion and commit to it. No, the only way to be saved is Jesus. What significance? So, as we look at these, these are some of the lessons that I Think we can learn. You can learn the importance of your family. I encourage you today to go show your love to your family. You can show the worth or learn the worth of gratefulness. Be grateful. Don't be entitled. You're not entitled to anything. If we all got what we deserve, we'd go to hell. Okay? What we deserve is not what we want. We want the grace of God. And be grateful for that and for anyone in your life that's kind to you. The patience, the discipline of patience. Be patient with people around you, your family and your friends, and the checkers that have to deal with people all the time during this holiday season. Be patient with those people. Be generous. Find someone that you can help anonymously over the next week. Remember the value of a soul. Find someone that you'll bring to Jesus this year. And don't ever forget the central place that Jesus should hold in your life and in your heart. Because He is King of kings. He is Lord of lords. And all the things that those angels said in that cloud or that sky that night while they were talking to the shepherds, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. He is Christ. He is Lord. He is our Savior. And He was born to this world. I hope you've been encouraged by this. If you're not a Christian, you can start a glorious life that will last for eternity today. If you are a Christian and you've been rude to your family, you've been impatient, be nice. You can change that today. If you are a Christian, you've lived your life and you try to be a good person, but you really haven't tried to bring anyone else to Jesus, change that. Try to bring someone to Jesus this year. You can do that. Do something and be motivated. So when you see a Christmas tree or you see a a big traffic jam because people are trying to look at lights, instead of being irritated, be motivated to greater righteousness and holiness. I hope you've been encouraged. If there's a spiritual need you have to bring before the church, we offer a song of invitation if you'll come to the front while we stand and sing. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For further information about our church, please go to normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com.